Today is Psalm 1. Um, we're reading the NIV translation. If you do have the church Bibles, it's page 543. Okay, so Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Thanks be to God. Amen. Great. Thanks, Ed. Well, um, it's now time for the children to come to the front if they want to and sit on the carpet here in, in front of me because I'm, I'm particularly going to be speaking uh, to the boys and girls uh, before the adults have a time of thinking about what God's Word says. And like every time we come to the barber, we need to pray for God's help. So we're just going to put our hands together, close our eyes, and ask God to speak to us through his word, the Bible. Father, we thank you so much for your book, the Bible. We thank you that you speak to us through it of the Lord Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit. So please give us hearts to hear as we hear from you now. Amen. Well, how important is hearing the Bible and thinking about it? Well, I've got two things to help us that come from uh, Psalm 1. I've got a plant. It's almost a tree. I, I guess you could say that's almost a tree. And I've got some grain. Because what the Bible teaches us about the Bible is that us... Hearing the Bible and thinking about it makes us like a tree that bears fruit. But if we just hear the Bible and do nothing and don't like it, we're like chaff. Do you know what chaff is? It's a weird word, isn't it? Chaff. Well, I'm going to show you. What so if you were to get some, this is barley. I think it's wild barley. And you were to winnow it in your hands. You see all that stuff, that, all that sort of yuck stuff. You, you, you do that, and then you'd pick out the grain. Somebody want a bit, bit of grain? No? Anybody want a bit? Of, well, there you go. You can come. There's a little bit of grain there. You're thinking, no, I don't want that. It looks, but the chaff is all the rubbishy bits. And then that would just... I'm not going to blow it all over the carpet, because that will create a lot of mess. But there's the chaff. Can you see all the chaff? It's all that horrible stuff. You winnow it. And you get the grain out. That's what you want. But the chaff is the rubbish that blows away in the wind. And what we're learning this morning is that we need to love the Bible, not just listen to it. We need to love what God says to us in his word. That makes us like a tree that's watered rather than like chaff, rubbish that blows away in the wind. So which one do you want to be? Do you want to be like a tree that's alive and watered? I mean, what happens when the plants don't get watered at home? They end up like chaff, don't they? They just die and blow. 
we want to be like these trees that produce fruit rather than like the chaff. Now, what does it mean to think? The, the, the verse that we're thinking about this morning is this. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates, thinks, chews over day and night. I've got some things here. I heard earlier on that one of the best things about Christmas is just lots of chocolate. Well, here's some more, and they're called after eight, so you might have one later because it's after eight. I think that's how it works. But do you get a chocolate and just look at it? Do you think, oh, that's a very interesting chocolate? I'm very interested in chocolates. I now know more about chocolate than I did. Uh, I didn't even know that there was these things called after eights, but, you know, it's very interesting. Is that what we do with chocolate? No, what do we do with chocolate? Do we do this? Do you do this? Mmm, 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 that's really nice. Mm. I'm delighting in that. It's enjoyable. Now, that's the difference between the chaff and the tree. If we hear the Bible and just think, oh, that's very interesting, that's very nice, it doesn't help us. But if we hear the Bible and take it into us and chew on it, think about it, then we end up being like a fruitful tree. Now, we're just going to pray that that would be us, not just today, but the rest of our lives. And then you're going to go, oh, we're going to sing a song. And then, and then you're going to go to your activity. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates or chews day and night. Lord, please help us to be those that don't just hear your book, the Bible, but take it into us, think about it, and love it. Amen. We're now going to sing a song that I think we know, it was a family favourite of ours. Are there any actions to this? I don't, you don't know it? Oh, this, this is obviously an older song. It's um, by Colin Buchanan. Um, hands up, who knows this? The best book to read is the Bible. Is it just Mim and I? Okay, great. Uh, if there are actions, we'll make it up as we go along. You know, Bible, I don't know, I don't know something like that. Okay, let's stand and sing, because we want to dance a little bit or move, do what we do to help us take the Bible's truth and think about it and enjoy it. Right, off to your um, activities. I think you've got some colouring. And the great thing about Colin McCannon, as with lots of music ministries, it helps us enjoy learning about the Bible. It's fun. Not just fun, but it's not less than fun. Okay. Well, if you'd like to uh, pick up your Bibles, um, we'll be looking at Psalm 1. <clears throat> and I'm just going to pray that God would use what I say uh, to help us, by his Spirit, understand what his Spirit has inspired. Let's just pray together. Lord, thank you that you know more than often we do that Encountering your word is an event that has eternal significance. So we pray that you would be our teacher, Lord Jesus. Risen Lord Jesus, be with us. We pray, our Father, that you might open the eyes of our hearts by your Holy Spirit to see what is true about your word, to clear away the 
the dross of our own sinful hearts. Please help me in my weakness and sinfulness to faithfully proclaim your word that we might be built up in Christ and love him and delight in him. Amen. <clears throat> well, it's the time of New Year's resolutions, isn't it? I don't know if you've made any. I've been encouraged to make some. I'm not going to tell you what I've been encouraged to do. I'm, I'm resisting the temptation. I, I often find it difficult to make New Year's resolutions because I know how quickly I fail to keep them. Um, many years, I don't make it to the end of January. Well, I want to encourage us this morning, as I encourage myself, and I really want to encourage us as a church, looking to the year ahead, to make a resolution, not just for a new year, but for the rest of our lives. What is that? Delight in God's Word. Not just read God's Word, not just hear God's Word, not just stuff our heads full of God's Word, not just be involved in ministering God's Word, but delight. It, it might be the first year that we really do this. Or it might be that, like me, sometimes you drift from it. Oh, you know the Bible, you can tell what is correct doctrine, but do we still delight? Rejoice in God's word. I find it a challenge. Uh, much of my life is about preparing the Bible. It's easy to think that reading and understanding and teaching the Bible is enough, but no. The Bible is like no other book. Its words are like no other words. They nourish us. They bring us life. As Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This book is a book of life, like water to a plant in the desert. Now, Psalm 1 is uh, the gateway to the Psalms. Uh, that's how it's described by many. And uh, like all wisdom literature, it often presents two options. Not because that's what life is like, but because those two options show us two directions, a choice that we are forced to make between those two directions. Uh, just as Jesus taught with wisdom, so he taught there is a narrow way that leads to life and a broad way that leads to destruction. Either we are those who hear the word and put it into practice, like a house built on a rock, or we hear the word of, good and do, word of God and do nothing, and so are like a house built on the sand. Now, obviously, life is messy in the middle between those two things, but wisdom shows us these two options so that we can see which way we are heading and make the right choice to head in the right way. Three choices. First of all, do not be mastered by sin, but delight in God's word. Verse 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. There's a progression of sin in a person's life being described here. They begin by walking in step with the wicked, listening to what the wicked, those who don't want to go God's way, say, keeping company. And that leads to standing in the way of sinners. 
Standing is not just sort of hanging around, I'm standing, it's being proud, standing in the way that sinners take. And that leads to then sitting in the company of mockers, having a settled position that God and the Bible is a waste of time. What is the antidote to that in our lives? Well, the antidote is delighting in the law of the Lord. Blessed is the one who does not do these things, but does what? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. The, the law of the covenant Lord, the faithful God of love, who has spoken his Torah, his law, and the person who avoids being mastered by sin is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. Now, of course, for the original hearers, Psalm 1, uh, the law of the Lord was the word of God. Revealed to Moses in the first five books of the Bible, being uh, applied from that point all the way through to the Davidic kingdom, the time of the Psalms. We live further down salvation history, don't we? So we can put in place of the law of the Lord the whole Bible. Uh, the law was all about Jesus Christ. Now we have the full story. We, even more than they, can delight. Not just in the law, but in the Psalms and the prophets and the New Testament. It's not knowing the Bible. It's not hearing the Bible. Jesus was clear, wasn't he, that listening to his teaching and not delighting in it, not doing anything in response to it, is of no benefit. What counts is taking it into us in such a way that it issues in practice, in obedience from our hearts. But you say, oh, John, if you knew what my heart is like, well, we all know what our hearts are like, don't we? Jesus teaches us what our hearts are like. What comes out of our hearts is not in line with the law of the Lord. It chafes against the law of the Lord. Our pride doesn't want us to trust in Jesus and, and trust in his way. We so easily think we know better. So how, how, how is it that this heart transformation takes place? Now, of course, it happens by the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts. But Hebrew parallelism, the answer to the, the question is often given in the second. In whose delight is in the law of the Lord? and who meditates on his law day and night. In other words, how do we delight in God's word? How do we delight in the law of the Lord? Well, it's by our meditation on his law, on his word, day and night. We chew on it, we feed on it, we take it into ourselves. It's in our memories. You know, how do we avoid sin? It's by hiding his word in our hearts. And there's so many images that the Bible gives to encourage us. The Bible is like much pure gold. It's more important than the pay packet. It's a treasure to delight in. It's like the light that helps us not to stumble about in the darkness. It's a lamp that lights our way. It's like honeycomb, you know, better than the, the, the best food that we've enjoyed over the Christmas period. It's like milk for babies, meat for the athlete, comfort for the afflicted. All these images... 
But we may know that, mightn't we? I, I know that. And delighting God's word can be elusive. And I think this is where the ministry of the Holy Spirit is vital, isn't it? To, rem- to remind ourselves that, yes, we need to be those that are taking God's word into our lives. It might be a daily quiet time. It might be a Bible app. It might be a, a memory verse. It might be reading good Christian books. We need to be taking the word into us. But we need to trust the Holy Spirit to be the one who transforms our hearts Maybe we need to recommit ourselves this year to reading a gospel and finding out about Jesus Christ. Meeting up with somebody else might be really helpful, Christianity Explored, to renew, refresh our delight. Might be really, it's such a privilege for me when I've run Christianity Explored courses because just going over the gospel again and going through gospel truths with people in the presence of the Holy Spirit, because he is amongst us as we look at God's word, is refreshing. So if you're sort of a bit dull in your delight in God's word, can I encourage you to do Christianity Explored as a refresher? Or it, it may be that you want to commit to our discipleship groups where we look at God's word each week. Not, not every week, every month. I know it's sort of, sort of fortnightly, but, but maybe thinking, well, I'll, I'll meditate on what we learn in between. I won't just do the study. I want to delight. It might be a Bible reading program, although the danger with that is if you get behind, it then becomes a burden and a drudgery, doesn't it? And that's the opposite of delighting because it becomes something which we feel we have to do, a duty rather than a joy. Let's commit this year individually and as a church to delighting in God's word by meditating, chewing it over. Uh, the Puritans used to talk about sort of rolling it around, you know, they use metaphorical language, uh, rolling it around the tongue until the gust, the taste, the, the, the real joy comes out. M- memorizing scripture and thinking on it and meditating on it until our hearts are just inflamed with Love for Jesus, which is what the Bible is all about. So do not be mastered by sin, but delight in God's word. Secondly, delight in God's word to be fruitful or be waste. I should have just chaff, really, but in the ancient world, the chaff was the stuff you threw away. It was, it was irrelevant. It was blown away in the wind. It was burnt up by fire. The person who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his word day and night, he or she is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. I don't know if you've seen any of these sort of, you know, retrospectives, you know, what was 2022 like? One of the things we look back on is the weather, wasn't it? And the 40 degrees C heat, plants dying of drought. Our holly tree is still dead from the summer. It's still recovering. Plants dying of drought. It's sort of new to us, but it it wouldn't have been new to those original readers. They were quite, uh, you know, drought was around them, desert was around them, the aridity the 40, 50 degree heat. And so this is a more powerful image to those who lived in the desert places. The person who meditates on God's word will not just survive in the drought, they will be fruitful. 
So particularly if we're spiritually struggling at the moment, we feel that we're in the desert, we're finding that our hearts are dull, that we don't love Jesus as we once did, that our zeal to serve him is flagging. Here the image is life giving water that whatever we go through, we prosper. We're fruitful. It's not saying that if we read the Bible we'll be rich and prosperous in physical uh, wealth terms. Rather, we'll be spiritually rich, kept spiritually alive by the word of God. It's amazing to see how, how there's sort of vineyards springing up all over. There's, there's one just down the road from here. Um, our Lizzie was working there for a bit. And there's another one on uh, the A12, yeah, on your right as you go out towards Ipswich. Big, big vineyard. Look at them now, and they look dead. But their roots go down deep into the water table. And that's the image. Whatever happens at the surface, if we're delighting in the Lord, in delighting in the word of God, our roots go deep down and sustain us whatever we face. And Jesus uses this image, doesn't he, as the image of the true Israel, who is him. And he says a very similar thing to Psalm 1. If you abide in me, and my words abide, remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is about enjoying the Christian life. Having roots deep down in the word of God, who is Jesus, being in union with him and living out of that union so that we are enjoying, we're delighting in his promises, in his word, that it ceased to be dry and formulaic. So if that's you, as it's often me, let's pray for his help. Let's abide in him for the glory of his heavenly father. Not just reading and forgetting in the day. It's so easy to do that, isn't it? Read, quiet time, forget. Oh, what did I read this morning? Maybe better to take a small amount and then just think on it throughout the day and allow it percolate. And we might think, well, that's, that's, that's for the keenies. I'm not that kind of Christian. No. The alternative is not sort of in the middle. It's to be waste. The wicked are not so, or not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. These two options are given to us so that we make the right choice. Chaff, the useless husks of grain after it's been winnowed. The chaff that John the Baptist spoke of being burnt up by the fire. The chaff that is just the rubbish of history. Which are we heading towards? Our attitude to the Bible shows our attitude to Jesus, which determines our eternal future. So delight in God's word to be fruitful or be waste. Why? Why is there these two options? Well, finally, the Lord judges because he knows. See, our attitude to the Bible really does determine our eternal future. Whether we encounter it for the first time in a Christian talk and we've never heard the gospel before, that's the Bible being proclaimed, the message of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, as we'll see in Revelation. Or we're familiar with the Bible, and yet it's so sad, isn't it? to hear of those who have been taught the Bible their whole lives, somehow turning their backs on it 
and scoffing and mocking it. How can that happen? They have all the knowledge. Well, they must have at some point stopped delighting, stopped loving God's word. And God knows where our hearts are at. Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. That's the chaff. That's those who walk in step with the wicked, who sit in the company of mockers. The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. See, some of the wicked are in church. What distinguishes the righteous and the wicked is not that they hear God's word, but whether they delight in God's word, whether it's something that masters them. And the reason that the writer gives for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, he knows the way of the righteous, he, he knows every time we read the word of God or hear the word of God or respond however weakly to the word, the Lord knows what our hearts are like. And his spirit enables us to enjoy the glory of God that we see in Jesus as we come to his word. The, 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 lo- the Lord knows what goes on in our minds as we delight in his word and then maybe fall again. He, he knows. He knows how we respond to his words. <clears throat> I was thinking of an illustration, and it, it's, it's a bit hopeless, really, because I can't remember what book or film it depicts. And I, well, I chatted with Lizzie about it yesterday, uh, and... There was various suggestions, but I still can't remember it. it it's, it's that sort of scene where the, the lover is sending the love letters written again and again and again, and those love letters never reach their intended lover. And so the love relationship never flourishes because there's something stopping it. Either somebody's nicking all the letters or something. You get the idea. It's not the case with the Bible, with God's love letters to us. His overtures of love reach us. His love letter has reached us. He knows what we do with it in our hearts. He knows if there is even the vaguest flicker of response in our hearts, energized by his spirit. He knows that if we decide repeatedly to reject his love letter, then the way of the wicked is our fate, the way that leads to destruction. So it's not that God is uninvolved in that moment when we open our Bibles. It's not just us in this book. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. He knows the way of the righteous. He enables us to understand the Bible, to, to love, to delight in Jesus as revealed in the Bible. But his sovereignty, as I'm sure we all hold to, his sovereign grace at work in our lives does not remove from us the re- responsibility to listen well, to meditate, to think on it. As Jesus said, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. We come with lots, a bit big measure, then God will fill it. Whoever has will be given more. But whoever does not have, those who don't listen well, those who won't delight in his love revealed in Scripture, even what he has will be taken from him. Of course, there's forgiveness for our neglect of God's word, our rejection of God's words, but it is wise to heed these two ways that are presented before us 
and choose the right way in God's strength by his grace. Trusting in the Holy Spirit, yes, but choosing, deciding to meditate on his word every day and every night, to delight in it because we delight in him. To refuse is to refuse his love letter. But if we meditate and think on this, then we will be fruitful, blessed, spiritually prosperous, and stand on the day of judgment because we've come to know and remain in the love of Jesus. Let's just pray, shall we, as we close. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for opening the eyes of our hearts to who your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is through the message of the Bible, through your word. Well, please forgive us for downplaying its power and significance in our lives. And please help us as we go into this new year to resolve afresh, not in our own strength, but only in the power of your spirit, to delight in your word. And so to delight in your love for us in the Lord Jesus. Lord, may we not be those who are hearers only and not doers. Maybe not be those who listen to your word and yet do not delight in it. Have mercy on us, we pray, and make us fruitful for your glory. Amen.